Hi there, this is Monica Ray, your Encourager-in-Chief, and welcome to the Best You Side podcast, where we showcase ordinary people accomplishing extraordinary things. And do we have a wonderful story for you today. My guest is a person I call the mistress of the one-liner, Myrtle Russell. Myrtle Russell and her daughter Mia turned tragedy into triumph. It's time for the Best You Site podcast. Hate Mondays. Sign up for your Monday pep talk, a weekly email sent out every Monday with an encouraging video to help you have a great week. Sign up at the Best You Site. Myrtle's daughter Mia suffered a massive stroke in 2017 when she was only 37 years old. That in itself would stop most of us in our tracks. But Myrtle wrote the stroke that touched my heart, which chronicled their one-year journey to offer hope to anyone facing life-changing events. Mia also co-authored that book, and together they have developed a gratitude journal, which has 117, yes, I said 117 gratitude journaling props from real-life situations that Mia and Myrtle experienced. And you know, what I found so very amazing about their books is that they focus on gratitude. She says that when you work on gratitude, it works on you. Welcome to the podcast, Myrtle Russell. Thank you, Monica, for inviting me to share our little story. Oh, no, girl, it's not a little story. It is a compelling, amazing story that needs to be told to everybody. So thank you thank for the privilege you. of your time. Uh, of course, you've got your papers. That's what we call them. Uh, your credentials. You have a master's in counseling, uh, a bachelor's in psychology. You're a certified life coach and an LPN. And you recently retired after four decades working in healthcare. So one of my questions for you is Myrtle Russell. Uh, how did you become Myrtle Russell? Who is she? And where is she? Well, I'll just start with my career in health that actually started back in 1980 when I thought I wanted to be a nurse. I thought I wanted to, to make nursing my lifelong career. But um, uh, after I finished uh, halfway through my clinical training, I realized that it was not what I wanted to do. And so after I completed my LPN training and was accepted to the RN program, uh, by that time I changed my major to psychology. To psychology. And so, uh -huh. yes, yes. And I think I was actually in search of myself. Uh, but anyways, uh, lifelong journey of figuring myself out. And I came across an opportunity after moving back. I was in, in New York. York when I started school, mm -hmm. non-traditional student okay. with two, two children, married, and so uh, moved back home in, in 1987 okay. and was offered an opportunity to work in health promotion. I've been there ever since. Health promotion. Now, what is health promotion? Well, the opportunity that I was offered was to work in a community-based uh, health promotion program. It was called Planned Approach to Community Health. It was the CDC approach to improving health in underserved minority communities. Mm 
And I did that for six years and then moved to the government side of the health promotion table. So it's actually educating people on what they can do to improve their health. That's kind of what health promotion is in mm -hmm. a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. That's, that is amazing. Now, I've always seen you, from the time that I've known you, um, as a doer. I've never seen you on the sidelines, ever, ever. And I've known you for a good while. Uh, I've seen you do advocacy work, writing. Um, you were sharing with me that uh, the book is your fourth book, The Stroke That Touched My Heart, and the journal is your fifth your fifth, mm -hmm. you even, you even, our audience needs to know how special you are. You saw that I was working on my first book and you were at a book conference in another state and brought me back materials that helped me. The fact that you had presence of mind to help somebody back home while you were gone, I, you know, I still had that. Just the fact that you are so engaged and supportive of people was amazing. Um, how did you go down decide to go down this path or did this path pick you when it came to your advocacy work, your writing? Um, how did you get there? I think it, it, it kind of chose me. I chose it in terms of when I moved back home, my aunt told me about this position uh, that was, was opening up. It was a grant position. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I don't have any experience in health promotion. I come from a clinical background. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, the people that are implementing it don't have much experience either. So you'll fit right in. You know how to, you know how to take charge and do things. <laughs> and so I, I started with literally a couple of pencils, pens, a grant, and a box of materials uh, right what? in my hometown of Humboldt. And so it kind of chose me. And once I got into it and met the folks from CDC and from Tennessee Department of Health, I knew it was my calling. And so it's taken me, I've sat on both the health promotion, on the community side of health promotion, and I've sat on the government side. The government side for 18 years, the community side for 12 years. And so that is what brought me to writing. I wrote my first book, uh, Small Change, in 2005, and it really was fulfilling my quest to learn and teach. Um, a, a quote I kept in the forefront of, or keep in the forefront of my mind by Maya Angelou, when you get, give, when you learn, teach. And so hmm. I fell in love with print media in the third grade, and decided one day I'm going to see my name in print. So in, the, in 2005, I mm -hmm. did that because I wanted to share what I had learned. In the third grade, you had the calling to write. In the third grade. Wow. I just, I, I, I was reading a, a couple of uh, publications that I fell in love with. The Weekly Reader, which was a third grade a publication for elementary school students and then I had an older brother who introduced me to Jet Magazine. Mm -hmm. I love those two publications and at that point I said one day I'm going to see my name in print. I had no earthly idea of how it was going to happen. So I guess to answer your question 
Health Promotion called me because mm -hmm. once I felt the passion and knew I was in the right place, I just kind of let things unfold. And the writing that first book was the result of that. Uh, teamed up with my son to do that. And of course, would have never wanted to have written this book with my daughter, Mia. Mm -hmm. But again, my desire to teach after she experienced such a tragedy was okay take what's happened to her and see what you can share when you get yeah. give so she was given an opportunity to keep living and so it was my giving back to whoever I uh, that that it impacts in a positive way so that's how I've gotten to fulfill that writing dream that was just deferred for years, 30 something years. <laughs> it's but okay. That only that. makes us better, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it's time, yeah. it's time, isn't it? When it's time, it's time. Yes, got more to write about now. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that jumped out at me for your book, and I recommend that everybody get all your books, and particularly uh, your last book, um, is that being grateful for the smallest thing jumped out at me, the smallest thing. Why was that so important to you? And can you expand a little bit about that? Because the little things, you know, we oftentimes, even with our kids, with, with our peers, mm -hmm. with our family, our friends, it's the big things we want to go for. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we we approach that not ready for them. And so we read about it in the media all the time, how people get the big stuff and they lose it. The mm -hmm. small things are, to me, the important things, simple things like your breath, just yeah. like your sight, you know, mm -hmm. your five senses. Those are little things that I think that we tend to take them for granted and mm -hmm. so it's the little things that make a huge difference when we really are truly um grateful for them because we gratitude changes you on the inside and when you change on the inside life changes the way you see life change you know you were talking about the small things like COVID taught us to appreciate breath breath the ability yes. to breathe things yes. we take take for granted you know um some situations in my life uh for the last 26 years has helped me to understand the importance of celebrating the smallest thing the small things uh and not yes. waiting for the big because the big are just going to be there and gone but the small things and i i am so it is so wonderful that you focus on that i love this quote so much that i have highlighted it in pink gratitude changes you on the inside and when you change on the inside life changes mm, mm. i can't wait to continue this conversation yes. we'll be right back learning to splash conquering the life you have been given is a heart-wrenching story written by monica ray this book takes you on an intimate decades-long journey of one woman's battle with watching her only child confront debilitating chronic illness while dealing with feelings of inadequacy, guilt, depression, and helplessness. Learning to Splash, Conquering the Life You Have Been Given is available at thebestyou.site. I'm back. Okay. 
at the Best You Podcast. This is Monica Ray, still talking with the amazing Myrtle Russell, author of The Stroke That Touched My Heart, which helps us use gratitude as a transformative tool. Over the past couple of weeks, Mia, who has gone back to crochet, uh, I saw Mia's work prior to her stroke and she and her mom uh, had their items and it was beautiful. I, I think I bought one. It's the thing that goes around your head. Uh, I don't know what you call it. It had a head wrap. Uh, what, what was head it called? Wrap. Head wrap. See? It's called a head wrap. Okay, mm -hmm. head wrap. Um, and Mia went back to it. Um, she learned to crochet again using her knee and her non-dominant hand. I've seen uh, pictures of her recent work and it's spectacular. It's vibrant and beautiful. When crocheting, Mia uses one knee to hold the needle up. She then uses her left hand and crochets beautiful beanies and scarves and blankets and pillows. The task is a little time consuming, but Mia enjoys crocheting each loop with love. <laughs> that stuck out to me, each loop with love. It was hard at first, said Mia, I'm learning something new, even though I could already do it. That is a lesson in itself. That is a lesson in itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess we're teachers, aren't, aren't we, Myrtle? We're teachers. <laughs> yes, yes, we um, are. Myrtle, what was so beautiful to me, so many things, uh, knowing you you and and Mia and, and, and seeing the journey, is I just loved what you said about her recovery. Living grateful helped Mia focus on what she had left rather than what she had lost and mm -hmm. how what she had left was enough to put her on the road to recovery. Girl, educate us. How do we transform our lives to get to that level? Well, you know, when, when Mia had the stroke, she, she's been a fighter all of her life and it, it, I'm glad that she has been because were she not, things may have played out differently. But getting her to focus on what she had left, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was a systematic process of teaching mm -hmm. that to her. But it helps you to see that you have so much more left than what you lost. Mm -hmm. She lost the use of her right hand. And, and, you know, she, she, her right arm, her right leg doesn't function as well as it did prior to the stroke, but she still had her left hand. She, mm -hmm. she had her family, she had friends. And even though the stroke destroyed a big portion of the language and speech center of her brain, it still left her the opportunity to give the brain time to rewire itself. Mm. And it's been five years now and it's continuing to re rewire itself. And so looking at what you have left, oftentimes we get sidetracked on what we lost. Even mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. death, in grieving, we lose a loved one, mm -hmm. but we may have hundreds of others and no, they can't replace that one, but you still have people left around you. You know, you lose a parent, you lose a, a, a friend, you lose a favorite relative. And so some people get so sidetracked on that that they forget that there's an abundance of other things that you have left. Have so left. yes, you grieve 
what you lose, but you also gratitude when you live in grateful. Gratitude teaches you to number one, uh, stay connected to that person that you lost because spiritually you can do that mm -hmm. if you're really grateful for what they gave you or what they shared with you in life and it also forces you to look at all of the other people around you who are just waiting and willing to help you through the grieving process so that's mm -hmm. what I did with Mia beginning with teaching her she could not read or write or recognize recognize her name on paper after the wow. so teaching wow. her how to hold a pen and sign her name Mia wow. to hundreds of thank you cards that she had that we had to send out to people to say we appreciate you even though she had lost some things so that's what forced her to look at okay I don't have my right hand I can't use it the way I used to but look of all look at all the other things that I have and the people that I have that are willing to help me to compensate for what I've lost. I believe I got a, a thank you card and you both of you signed it. I I I, I, I should have. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I, I, I did. Yeah. I did. You yeah. know, thank you so much for sharing living grateful because today is my sweet mother's birthday that I lost 24 years ago. And uh, staying connected to her because I will always live in the shadow and on the shoulders of her strength and her protection and her courage. So what you said, right. yes, yes, yes. You, you never, never for, forget them, but, but my job is to honor what she has in me. So, and today right. is her birthday. So thank you for that right. beautiful thought, living grateful, focusing on what you have left. Maybe that needs to be your next book. <laughs> That's really I talk great. about it. I, it, it. It's a big part. Gratitude is a uh -huh. big chunk of my next book. It oh. really is. I expand on it even more. Yes. Fantastic. I think it's the foundation to living your best life. I really do. And so that's what I write about it. Wow. Yeah. Um, let's, I want to share that Mia has a chance to regain uh, more independence Help Hope Live or Live is a nonprofit organization that provides one-on-one -on -one fundraising techniques, helping those individuals in need of medical, uh, who have a medical need. There's a device that would enable her to have more movement in her arm. Donations have been made and she is only $40,000 away. All donations are made directly to the organization for her medical need. And once her cost is covered, she will gain more independence. Donations can be made at helphopelive.org backslash campaign backslash 18836. All donations are made, uh, made through the link, go directly to the medical facility on behalf of Mia Russell. And, um, for our audience and our listeners, I want them to know that we're going to put this link on our website, the best you, one word, the best you, and then dot, and then S-I-T-E for those that would like to contribute uh, to Mia's cause. Uh, it is a fantastic uh, opportunity for you to serve somebody in the community. So please take advantage of that. Uh, Myrtle, we're going to change gears. And I just love this. Um, you know, we're talking about as we're uh, aging, and what you said was so powerful to me. It, 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 it stuck to me like spaghetti on a wall. Uh, I understood you to say, as we age, some people just expect us to sit on the porch 
until we eventually die. <laughs> that was so powerful because people want to put people in boxes and you can't do this if you're this age or if you have special needs because I have uh, a special needs daughter. You know, people want to put you in boxes of what you can do and what you can't yes. do based on who you are, where you are, all of that. Um, so I want you to, uh, what do you think about that? And what are you planning or what are you working on next? Because there just is no telling <laughs> with you. Well, I, I, I'm not one who feels that, you know, none of us know when we're going to transition from life mm -hmm. to death. But I'm not one who feels that you washed up when you reach 65 or you hear people say, well, when you start drawing your Social Security, it's time to give it up. If you don't have it by now, you're not going to get it. And most time they're referring to a certain amount of money that, mm -hmm. that they wanted to make. Mm -hmm. But for me, I feel that with age comes wisdom. And again, going back to uh, the quote, when you get give, why should you stop giving once you reach a certain age, when really you you if you if you're paying attention and you're focused, you realize so much more. I understand so much more about life now. At, I just turned sixty nine uh, wow. than I learned than I understood at forty or twenty or even fifty. So no, I'm not one who is going to sit around and wait for the death angels to come and pick me up or with your beautiful self. With your beautiful self, at <laughs> celebrating sixty nine beautifully, beautifully, and and, and, and I and I, you know, it, it's a good. I, I feel good, and and I'm working on my next book, which targets um, black women between the ages of thirty and sixty, and hoping that it will help them to what I call put wings on their dreams. You know, we all dream a lot and sometimes we don't see those dreams um, materialize for various reasons. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing now. So nowhere near sitting on the porch and rocking my old age. <laughs> no, ma'am, I don't see that happening. I don't see that so if, I, if I sit there, I'll be sipping lemonade or something. It won't be just sitting waiting for absolutely, again. absolutely. I still have more to give, girl. You're yeah. you're teaching us how to live. Uh, for our audience, I always want to give them something to put in their pocket from our guests that helps them that they can pull it out when they need to. And with with talking to to Myrtle. What sticks out to me is how she talks about Mia's recovery and then she in that she says focus on what's left than what she lost. You know, we need to put that in our pockets and take it out because it transforms how we see things which transforms how we live. And uh, of course the great Maya Angelou when you get give, right? When you get give for sure. For sure. Um, Myrtle, it has been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation with you today. I know someone's going to be encouraged by your story, and I hope that you will come back uh, and be with us really soon because you're just a wealth of walking information and wisdom, and boy, do we need wisdom. We got a lot of information. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. for Thank being you with so us. much. Thank you for inviting me, Monica. I just 
I'm excited about being having been able to just share a little bit of information. Thank you so much. Thank you. Look so forward much. to coming back. Hey, hey, it's just a matter of time with us because we'll be calling on you. All Um, Okay. And for our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of the bestyou.site podcast. Want your feature uh, story featured? Submit a 1,000 word story of ordinary people doing mind blowing things at the bestyou.site. This is Monica Ray thanking you for the privilege of your time.